Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Welcome to a brand new edition of Makers Mark Presents, Pili, Raul, and La Musica. Hola, Pili Montilla. Welcome. What's up, Mr. Raul Campos? Oh, you What's know. going on? Just enjoying the vibe, enjoying that soldies vibe. You know, ever since we talked with these kids, I call them kids because they're still, they're, they're these young people trapped in old souls. I love that. That's a great description for our guest today on the podcast, for sure. Plus, they're from your hood, you know, they're from East L.A. They're they're your homies. We're talking about The Sincere's, a band from East L.A. that focuses on that old, classic, really cool, kind of Motown-y sound. Right, Raul? The Soldies sound, the Soldies vibe. And you're talking not just, you know, people from back then, like, you know, it's the Midnighters or Little Anthony and the Imperials or all the great, you know, classic uh, soul sounds that were played like on the Art LeBeau show or anything like that back in the day. No, there's a new movement with people like uh, Aaron Frazier or Duran Jones and the Indications and so many great bands like the Altons, along with the yeah. Sinceres, who are just kind of giving us that throwback sound, but doing it in a kind of fresh, modern way. It, it's really I cool to see it. that and hear that. For sure. So we sit down with Joey Quinones. He's the one who produces and writes most of these songs. He's also the singer. And this is a live event. So this was recorded live at the Gibson Showroom, which shout out to our peeps over the Gibson Showroom. We love, love, love that space over in Hollywood. And it was in front of a live audience, as we do every month, thanks to Makers Mark. And it was so fun to really listen to their story, to see how being Latino kind of like influences their sound, you know? And obviously we talk about the feeling, el sentimiento behind oh, totally. the songs that totally. these sinceres sing. And it's it's really cool. So we really hope you enjoy it. And one of my favorite things in this conversation is when you have to respect the music, you know? And from a young artist's perspective, that's kind of mind-blowing because normally yeah, you Yeah, it's a big responsibility. That. Yeah, and this has been like kind of passed down via generations because like i said this is a classic soldy sound that's been around for decades but yeah. you know these guys grew up with that sound you know their parents their tíos tías everybody playing this music yeah and they talk about that during this interview too you know how they got into this sound cuz we're talking about like young kids yeah. and they're just really immersed in this old classic sound um we had some laughs too i mean if you guys <laughs> read the title of this episode <laughs> it's pretty funny the title of the episode is we just like seeing cholos cry can you imagine like being in front of a live audience saying that like everybody cracked up at, in oh, the totally. room at the gibson showroom that was the line of the night <laughs> it was it was it, we were like okay clearly that's the title of this episode so without further ado please enjoy makers mark presenta pili raul en la musica live from the gibson showroom in hollywood california with the sincere's
Yes, you can welcome the sincere swimming out of the stage. Welcome, Joey. And Ryan, welcome. You are nervous. You saying not I'm to be nervous, nervous got me nervous way more nervous. It makes you even more nervous. <laughs> saying really? not yeah. to be nervous. Yeah, I've been trying to figure out how to end world hunger since you asked. That. I asked you. I'm like, how are we ending world yeah. hunger? So what's your answer? <laughs> you have like half an hour to think about it. Give them all yeah. gifts and guitars. Right. Yeah. I, I don't. And we had a room full of people and fans just waiting to hear that. Yeah. At the edge of Damn. their seats. You set I yourself I, up. Damn. I know. I did. I did. <laughs> We mentioned briefly in the intro this whole idea of soldies and why this is such a big sound now and really want to get maybe to the beginning of where the Sinceres started. Well, the beginning of the Sinceres, you know, it's kind of like a funny story. And if you look back in history and a lot of the kind of bands that kind of come out while these genres were kind of taking taking hold back in the day. It all started as kind of studio musicians, club musicians kind of getting together, building a sound, you know, getting familiar with each other, making records and, you know, taking cheap recording gigs and stuff like that just to kind of build your name, build your portfolio as a musician, especially in Los Angeles, you know. So I think it came, the, the story of it kind of just, we all kind of had like this common interest of building our sound and backing up um, different artists throughout Los Angeles and stuff. And, you know, eventually we became a recording unit and then made a video, didn't really think much about it. And then uh, the name, honestly, that's just something that just came and, and on piece of like, forget to fill this out, what's your name? I'm okay, sincere, spelled this way. So I, I don't really have a good answer for that one. But, but you know, it just kind of came together. Everything was just organic. You know, we all kind of grew up with each other in, in Southeast LA and the East LA music scene, the Northeast LA music scene. You know, we just kind of, like you mentioned, kind of coming around the punk rock, you know, backyard shows, you know, so you recognize people from like, hey, man, I remember this guy from band back in the day. Like, you know, we still making music. Maybe maybe we should link up, you know. So I think that's kind of like how I kind of ran into Ponce, too. And, you know, that's even the circle kind of even continues on with that because, you know, there's so many bands within the Sinceres and the artists uh, within the band that they all have their projects and they all come from different, you know, stories and different bands from, you know, before. And um, it's just a cool kind of thing that, you know, you find brotherhood and all that stuff and you get to share music, common interests and travel the world. And it's just something that I'm not asking any questions. I'm just going along with it, you know? No, no, no. That's good. I mean, can I ask you real quick? How old are you two? I'm 33. I know. We can ask. We can ask. I'm not going to ask you, Pili. I'm not going to ask, but you I can ask these guys. Because I will lie. <laughs> we all know that she's 22. It's all good. Yeah. Me too. Oh, See? Okay. There you go. <laughs> No, we're the, yeah, we're the same age. We're from yeah. the same year. But you know, that that's a relatively young age. You guys are like our, our old souls trapped in young bodies because the sound that you guys are really generating, you know, it sounds like something that came out of the 60s. I mean, we, we were exposed. I mean, my family was all over the place in their kind of musical kind of interest. But, you know, my dad has been in the car clubs in 71. So mm -hmm. he, he would always kind of drag me out to the to the car shows on Sundays and I just be like a car show, you know, but the music was good though, you know, and you right. start memorizing some of these songs and, you know, they start making the rotation in your life at certain times, you know, there's some, and they start meaning more things, you know, and they start bringing you back to, you know, back in the day and you, those memories of being with your family at those young, that young age. And so I think that's what kind of makes everybody kind of gravitate towards it is that it's kind of has a nostalgic feel to it. Oh, make sure. you remember stuff and, you know, remember good food or good parties and, you know, good places. So the first time that I heard you guys live was Raul and I were hosting an event at the Ford Theater. Noche, what Noche Cosmica. Noche yeah. Cosmica. It's a great and label base. you guys there. closed the night and I was like, what the fuck? Your voice is amazing. <laughs> How did you discover your voice? How did you know that your voice was so perfect for this genre? I, I, that's still something I'm trying to figure out still. But I mean, it's not nowhere <laughs> perfect, but, you know, like it's just something that Again, it's just that happened organically. And, you know, I've always kind of been blessed to be, you know, 
supporting frontmen and, and, and being a backup to them and kind of having a foundation for them to kind of like, you know, take their spot to the next level. So I feel like being, being secondary to that position kind of helped me kind of observe a little bit and kind of learn from mistakes and, and learn from the, the right stuff too. And when it came time to kind of do it, just, it kind of just made sense and, you know, kind of took all those elements from all these people that, you know, brought me up playing music and taught me a thing or two and all the favorite bands that I was watching. So I just, you know, just you putting those tools into practice and, you know, just seeing work out. People, people kept asking me to do it and, you know, started getting paid here and there. So I was like, cool. <laughs> I ain't asking any questions. <laughs> and where do you go when you're like hitting certain notes and I see you like closing your eyes and just like really being in the flow of the music? Where are you? Where do you go? Oh, damn. That's a, that's a deep. You say you weren't going to ask crazy questions yeah. like that. Yeah. That's, that's harder really than the world hunger one. I'm a yeah. really good liar. <laughs> It's different every time, you know, it's, you know, it's hard to explain because, you know, there's nothing like that energy from a crowd, you know, giving it back to you and, you know, just using that to take your, 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 you know, instrument to the next level. And you really want to perform for people every night. You know, I don't, I don't, if any, you meet any musician, even if they say that they don't want to play, like it's not true because they don't, they want to play that, you know? So, you know, the quest to make it interesting every night is always kind of dependent on, you know, the, the, the crowd and stuff like that and how you're feeling. So, you know, sometimes like for me personally, I just kind of go back to, you know, those moments and writing those songs, you know, in, in my underwear, in my bedroom, you know, by myself or, you know, just <laughs> try to remembering those, those moments of why, why, what, what inspired me to do that, what, what inspired me to get there. And, and, and what do you think, Buzz? Hey, I agree. Hey, I think it's, uh, it's... Um, Wait, can you guys hear him? Do I have to get this closer? And there's chairs over here. No tenga miedo. It's like the cool kids. Nobody wants to be in the front row. Okay. <laughs> That's because you didn't shower. I know. Damn. See, next time. Yeah, me too. Next time. I forgot, but I feel like it's a, it's just like I explained, you know, you're trying to tap into something, um, you're trying to tap into something that you either written or it's like you're trying to tap into a melody or a feeling and trying to express that to uh, the crowd that's there. And I think closing your eyes, especially for me, but my closing my eyes thing is just that I'm afraid of looking people in the eye. So, <laughs> so I close my eyes and imagine there's a crowd enjoying the show. It's yeah. just all about trying to make the audience kind of connect as much as we can to what we feel, you know, because it's, you know, it's, just, it's a big ping pong effect. It goes back and forth and, yeah. you know, the crowd and the, and the performer. It's just one of those things that you can't have either or without, you know. Well, we've talked about so many other artists that have like kind of opened up these doors and, you know, these paths for you. And there's artists that I can think of immediately, like, you know, Little Willie G and the Midnighters, the Midnighters, or Little Anthony and the Imperials, mm. uh, James Brown. I mean, there's so many artists that that I can see you guys kind of really following in those footsteps. And like I know for a fact, Little Willie G is a fan of what you guys are doing, mm. you know, because they're kind of, you guys are continuing with that sound and yeah. that vibe and keeping that kind of legacy going of this Just genre. Just so you know, Raul invited him. He almost came. I, we tried to get him. Let's we go to his house. We were going to surprise you. <laughs> yeah. But they're, 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 uh, they're rehearsing for a show. So yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, but you know, it's like, you guys are definitely going in those footsteps and following. And what else are you guys listening to besides them? Because I'm, I'm guessing you, with the word the sincere, yeah. there's a little bit of the midnight there's an extra e for everything. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know it's crazy because you know we've been we've been doing a lot of touring these last few months, so it's cool to hear everybody's kind of playlist when they drive and mm -hmm. you know what they're listening to and stuff. You know, I, I don't. I'm always kind of in the studio, so a lot of the times I don't get to hear a lot of the new kind of stuff that's coming out. And so I could I always, I'm always grateful that these guys bring around a lot of 
of the newer artists that are performing now, really doing it, and like having like you know having such a good sound from you know from calypso to jazz to funk to to rock and roll to soul. Like it's really cool to kind of like be exposed to new stuff like that. But you know, I think everybody has their own different little little branches of stuff. I, I grew up a lot on punk rock and, and early rock steady sixties. Yeah. You know, you were playing some of that maritone stuff, that rock steady. I love that. I was like, all right, yeah. all right, you're in the right spot. You're in the yeah, right place. The right spot. He knows cool. what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. So, no, but there's um, even the like the the new school. You know, there's the Aaron Frasers, mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. Duran Jones with the Indications, and you know all these like even uh, the Sacred Souls yeah, as well. You yeah. know, and you you guys are all this kind of crew of that that next generation. You know, it's, just it's crazy because you know they're just the you know we consider them you know all the the guys from San Diego or the guys from back east. You know, they're they're all friends and they're all musicians, and to realize that we're kind of being a part of this thing with them. You know, as and and representing our kind of like area and stuff like that. It's such a cool kind of thing. And you know, whenever we're in the same rooms and stuff, it's such a cool like little. Well, I can family. only you imagine know, it's fun, that. You know? That's got to be cool. You know, there's not hardly any ever talk of music. It's just kind of like you know, stupid stuff. You know, like random stuff. And <laughs> it's a good feeling because there's not that pressure to go out and you know be competitive because it is it is mm. a competition, really. You know, it is. But at the same time, you know, with the type of music we play and the type of people that are around it and and, and involved with it, it's such a family and it just keeps growing bigger and bigger. And it's a cool thing to be a part of. Talking about people, you mentioned Soldi. Can you please describe who a Soldi is? Can't blame me for that one. That's not that's <laughs> not my. No, I, I think it's just kind of. You know, that's it's one of those things that, you know, people started saying around, you know, for a while, you know, since I remember going to the swap meets and seeing, you know, Soldi's mix, at the, you know, the swap meet, you know, number 38 or something, you know, same songs, different order, you know, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, yeah, you know, so it's just one of those terms that's kind of always been around to kind of, to kind of pinpoint that kind of low rider classic soul, you know, doo-wop era of, of music and, and even going into the seventies with like El Chicano and Santana and stuff like that, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that people kind of just started using. And then once it started, once the resurgence of bands started popping up, it just it was like, oh, this is the soldi scene, you know, it makes sense because they're, they're tapping into this type of music. And so it's just one of those things that I think like the media kind of created to kind of, kind of label it and, and put it, you know, so it's a kind of category, which is given us, you know, a great, you know, avenue to kind of be able to explore that, you know, and, and make soulies into psychedelic soul, rock soul, you know, to funk soul. So it's it's a cool, it's cool. Well, you mentioned the different regions and talking like, you know, East Coast, West Coast. How does L.A. influence that sound? It's, I think it's, it goes back to like, you know, the old studio. Cause there was a lot, you know, there was really prestigious studios back East back in the day. And I think back in the West Coast, there was a lot more studios. And, you know, maybe they weren't the best, but there was more people popping them up and there was more space for them and you know, more real estate for people to act, act, start up, you know, Gold Star or start up, you know, Sunset Sound or, you know, all this Hollywood kind of stuff. So I think it, it kind of created more opportunities for musicians not being the same type of musicians and having the same backing band because, you know, you get caught up at one studio using the same type of dudes. So, you know, you started having to get the guys from a little bit more downtown, you know, and it's on the east side and, you know, you start getting the guys fresh out of high school and started getting that kind of more of a raw sound. So I think that's what kind of pinpointed the West Coast kind of East L.A. kind of sound for sure. And obviously you're from East L.A., but you have a Latino background. Do you feel like the Latino culture or just being Latino creeps into your music? And if so, how? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think just, you know, the way the way we hold our guitars, you know, it's sometimes like I've, you know, a lot of people, especially from where I come from in, in East L.A., it's like some some people hold a guitar a certain way. And, it's, and then I've never seen it anywhere else. You know, like a G chord is, it looks like an A. It's like weird and wonky. It's, you know, it's, it's called, <laughs> I, call it, I call it the ghetto G, you know. So it's it's one of those funny things. But, you know, just people, people, you know, are, are in where we come from, you know, grew up on their grandfather's guitars or their brother's guitars, the beat up guitars and stuff and secondhand instruments. And, you know, I think that kind of contributed to the sound of just kind of making do what you, what you have. And that went, went along to the, the 
technological recording aspect of it as well. So I think the, the necessity to just get a good sound, a good vibe from it, rather than get a technically good recording was the key to that, for sure. I know you guys also are on tour with the Altons, and how's that been going? It's been going good, yeah. I just, <laughs> just yeah, heads up, I'm a, we're both in the Altons. I know, <laughs> that's why I wanted to know. <laughs> so, so Brian know so how Brian much here. you guys like inner, interplay artists. And, so, yeah, and so Brian here is, is a lead singer and writer of the Altons. <laughs> which is another great band if you guys need to check out as well. And, and you know, he's actually, with, along with our bass player, Chris, has been involved with kind of putting together these tours uh-huh. and kind of organizing 10, 11 geezers on a, on a bus, you know, getting all of our itineraries in. So it's, it's been cool. We've been seeing some cool towns. And Yeah, I think, I think it's been great. Just like I always said, it's like we have a community of musicians. So we're, we're, it's just the Sinceres, it's the Altons, it's a bunch of other groups, you know, El Domingo, a lot of groups within the band. And it's nice to be able to get all this community of musicians, like our family together and just hit the road and have like the, the, the reactions that we've been getting in different places. So we've, been, we've just been doing it this year at home, like having fun, making music with our friends. And then we sp- to be able to take it on the road and take those group of musicians that we've been making records with on the road with us has been really nice. Well, we've seen you guys on stage, as Billy was mentioning, over at the Ford. But how many total are you guys together? There's 10 of us all together, right? Yeah, about 10. 10. I had so many people asking me, like, are they all going to perform tonight? (laughs) Like, not all of them. It's a small stage. We'll all play guitars, too. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, there's 10 of us. You know, it extends on, you know, sometimes we have guest musicians and people that we've collaborated with, you know, whether they're in town or whether we're in town with them. We always invite them to come along. But, you know, the it's it's always one of those things like it's 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 just a big family where, you know, if you've had a place in it before, you're, you've, you're really never really left. You know, it's kind of one of those things. And, you know, a lot of people still come around and kind of join us and stuff. And, you know, we've, we've gone through personnel changes and it never seems like we're getting anybody new because we always had somebody kind of directly involved with it. Like, yeah, I'm ready to, you know, I'm ready to go. Yeah, cool. Yeah, we know them. Let's get them in here. So it's, it's, it makes it a good feeling to be able to have a nice like roster of people. Have you guys tried any other drinks yet? If you haven't, you should, because they're really, really good. One of them has avocado. Another one has like chocolate. They're amazing. And the other one with tamarindo is delicious. It's and sour is. By the way, do you guys want a drink? Oh, we, I just. It's on me. <laughs> <laughs> She's so generous, isn't she? Yeah. Do you want anything? A round for everybody. Let's do it. No, <laughs> no wow. seriously, do you want a no, drink I, or I no? I got one right here, yeah. I'm you got one? I got my, okay. Yeah. I'm okay, yeah. Anyway, if you guys notice, all of the drinks are named after one of the Decent Sears songs. What makes a good song? Oh, same thing. See, that was perfect. Same thing as a good, you know, recipe for anything. I mean, you put you put all the right elements that complement each other. And, you know, you have good content. You have good lyrics. You have a good story. An honest story, I think, is what, you know, really what makes it, you know, go the extra way people connect to. Because if you're afraid to be honest in music, it's it really it comes across like that. And it doesn't really connect as much. So I think that, you know, just having a good story to tell and, and and being sincere, pun intended, to, uh, to, uh, to the content, and just you know, just make it your own, and add add as much as you as possible, because you know, music nowadays is is there's only so many chords, there's only so many ways to do things, and you know, it's definitely how you deliver it and how you put the recipes together and serve it up and shake it, stir it. And you feel like you know, like you're you're at a point in your career where you know when it's a good song and it's time to. I mean, it. when it's a good, you know, you, you just know. There's you know instinct. Instinct, yeah. When it's you know not necessarily with stuff what I write, but when you hear a good song, it's if it could put you in a timeless place where you could always remember when you heard it or it's anything's connected to it where you could kind of get, take a place in that mentally. It's it's a good song, I think. Mm. Yeah. yeah, we've talked about that. That music is that time machine. It can transport you to wherever mm. and. and you know, obviously when you guys are singing, but same thing goes for the audience. And how do you, res- how do you think the audience resonates with, with those sounds? I think it just takes them back to, you know, going, going back to what we were saying earlier about 
reminding you of those kind of times in your life when you were exposed to it and, you know, those family parties or those those family meals and stuff like that or places, you know, cars, you know, it's just anything could kind of take you back there. And I think when music does that, it makes it really special because, you know, you could kind of just, you have this whole kind of canvas to to paint your own picture to it. And it's however you paint it out is, is you know, the beauty in it, really. And, and speaking of that canvas, we're going to get a new album in oh, yeah. very soon, right? Very, very soon. We're working on, you know, we actually had a, a record ready before the pandemic but you know it, it didn't make sense to be able not really be able to tour behind it and kind of spread it out so we actually had a really lucky chance to kind of take a step back from it and make it the best we could and so now we're kind of finally in the final stages of artwork and everything else to get it out by spring this next spring so we're excited that's exciting yeah okay let, let's be super real now the music industry how many of you are in the music industry I have a few here. it's a tough one it's a really tough one And you've chosen a genre that's not particularly super, super popular right now. Like it's not reggaeton. Thank God it's not reggaeton, but it's not reggaeton. It's not urban. <laughs> What are the challenges of choosing this specific genre when it comes to looking for a manager, an agent? <clears throat> that's seen you know, a lot of getting signed. You know, it's crazy because, you know, I, I joined my first band when I was 13, 14 years old, you know, and, and we. 14? And then, yeah, 14 years old. ¿Cómo se llamaba? What was the name? The name of the band was Upground, also from East LA. And you know, if any anyway, Upground fans, woo, anyway. <laughs> I, I heard a woo, but uh, um, even though it's the other band member that's yeah, in the back, yeah, the bass player. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, I was so young, and, and the music business was still as you know how how, how it was back in you know in the late '90s. You know, major labels were still signing artists, young artists, and giving them these long record deals because they had you know belief in them and stuff. So we had eight members, you know, and two of them were over 21, and you know we were touring and we were making records, and and you know it was just such a different time. So you know nowadays it's it's so completely different where you know you could kind of build your own brand without a label and, and kind of build your you know your street cred, your street team, your, your your brand really through social media and you know through these outlets. That's it makes it more accessible for anybody to go out and learn about new artists. So it's um, you know. I've, I've kind of been able to kind of see both kind of sides of it, so so to speak. So it's it's really interesting how this time around, like, you know, it's never really been a question of, you know, we need the right angel or we need the right manager. It's just, let's just play good music, play good shows. You know, if we make a 45, cool. You know, if we make a record, cool. If we make an album, cool. But, and, you know, as, as things started going and then things started changing, you know, and, you know, the music got more exposed to more people, it just kind of, it kind of came organically. So it's it's really, you know, It, it could change too again in another five years or ten, so you can't really, you know, right. you never know. So that's the scary thing, but the exciting thing about it, because you know, who, who's who knows what we'll be able to do ten years from now with social media and with technology and stuff. So was that always the idea? Then let's play and record later. Pretty much, I think you know, and I'm telling you, none of this was planned at all. It was just you know, I love playing, making music because I had you know when I when we started the Sinceres, I had just got off the road with another band and I was over with the whole kind of band thing, and then I found these guys and it was like, all right, maybe so you're we'll try like, it one I'm more time. over with bands. So yeah. I'm going to create a band that has 10 exactly. members. Exactly, yeah. So that's the toxicity. Oh, the irony. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let me make Let's it make better. It's harder yeah. for us to yeah. get yeah. on stage. But that was a cool thing about it because the timing, you know, it just mattered what the timing was and what, you know, when, when, when the universe is looking for certain things and you're able to be a part of it, you just don't ask questions, just go, mm. you know. But you guys weren't re worried about like actually recording the music. You guys just wanted to really perform live. Well, we all, the, we all kind of like had our own kind of setups and we always, anytime, you know, we'd written music, we'd always pass it along through our little demos and our studios and stuff like that. And, you know, like, When I would stop playing music, I kind of started a little studio, and you know, it was kind of just mainly just recording bands and and not really doing bands. But then I start, found myself writing, you know, and then recording my stuff. Hey, come over here, let's, let's do this gig real quick for a couple bucks, you know. So I just kept on, you know, it's, you can't when the when the bug hits you, you can't get away from it. So it's just one of those funny things. 
Yeah, I think it comes too from uh, Harry mentioned. We come from like the backyard scene and playing in backyards and like the punk scene. It's like you didn't really have the resources to record, so you just write some songs and then you you're you're like you're anxious and you're you're excited to just go out and you know go to a backyard, go to a house and play your song and see how they do. Like, can you imagine you guys like at a ditching party in high school and just Pass around a guitar, yeah, yeah, and just rocking out and playing all these jams? Was that a was that a thing that you guys were doing maybe back think, in the yeah, day? Yeah, definitely. There was always a kind of a guitar hanging around somewhere. You know, if it had all the strings, I don't, I can't remember or not. But <laughs> even if it was missing one, who cares? Yeah, you know, that's Joey, how Drop D was invented. Now, <laughs> you produce, you write, basically, you do everything. What do you think is your strongest? I love being able to be around a good band and you know just kind of giving giving an ear, giving a little bit of uh, advice. I guess producing them, you know, is what I love doing the most because there's a there's a great band out of Vegas, you know, Johnny Reese and the Escapers, and you know they all they, they're all really hungry and they have a great great vocalist. I mean, he's and you're writes. producing for them. I, I, we have been producing for them for the past two, three years, and um, they have a couple singles out, a couple 45s, but just an amazing singer, and I just, you could tell that, you know, sometimes when you hear people, you could just tell that they're going to be, you know, really doing something special, you know, and he, he really gives that kind of, that energy and that, you know, and especially with his writing, and he's always kind of active in it, so, you know, that's one of the things I, I, I get joy out of, is being able to see bands like that kind of get in their element, you know, and, you know, and that's sometimes all I need is a place to come in and make noise. Well, we're here in the presence of Maker's Mark and we got to ask you, you know, have you made a mark in music? Dang. All these I puns. mean, it sounds no, kind of funny. simple, but but you guys have been going at it for a while. Have you made that mark yet? I think, yeah. I think that's left up. I think we're just going to be doing what we're doing and then when it's all said and done, that's left for everybody to decide whether we left a mark or not. It's, really, it's really a hard thing to kind of, you know, not only answer, but kind of think about because, you know, a lot of us don't get into this for that really, you know. It's mm. just a lot of us do this because we've been doing it this is what we do you know this is what you know how we make our living and stuff and so we don't know what else to do yeah you know <laughs> yeah. but um you know there's something really special that happened this last tour we got a chance to go to the stacks museum and we got to play in there and so you know i just remember being really inspired that you know can I imagine how many fools from east la came into the stacks museum and jammed out in here you know with all these, <laughs> So I just you know got in my feels and realized that's a that's a big one that's a goal and that's yeah. that's a mark that you know I know the people around me when we were doing this sitting around the ditching party with the guitar you know like it's like yeah one day you'll play stack for well, yeah for sure <laughs> you know so it's in that way that those are the marks that I, that I I cherish and I, I will take with me for sure whether or not they mean anything to anybody else is you know that time will tell for that you know but. Right. But yeah, there's so many that, great cities that are just rich with music. You mm -hmm. mentioned anything like in the East Coast or here in L.A. for sure. And if you talk up in like Seattle, they have their own scene down in San Diego. But Memphis is a music town oh, yeah. for sure. So Stax is, is one of the yeah. legendary labels. If you're not familiar with them, definitely check out their catalog. Super rich and just everything is being re-released now. And they have a beautiful museum just with these classic artists and mm -hmm. so i'm glad you guys were able to go there uh, what was the occasion just you guys were part of the tour or well, we actually we got invited to kind of speak on behalf of like you know it's kind of the same topic of you know kind of uh chicano soul music you know kind of making a resurgence and you know the history of it you know kind of work from san antonio to la to the east coast and all that stuff so we kind of were invited to be kind of panel speakers on the kind of tell our story and tell our influences like that so it was pretty cool well we also wanted to include you guys in making a mark did you all uh Fill out a card when you walked in. Oh, yeah. How obedient. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we would love to see that box with it's all... It's right over here. Juanito has it. Oh, Juanito. Look at Ladies that. and gentlemen, Juanito. What's oh. in the box? So we just want to do Q&A differently. So you guys are going to pick 
a couple of cards, but one at a time. This work is And then I can read it if you want. And then we'll ask you a question. Big card. You pick two right now? No. no pick one, one at a time. One at a time. Okay. First one. All right. Okay. All right. Queen of Hearts. That's good. <laughs> <to know. laughs> I like it. Can you read it? It says, uh, ask why to everything I do. So what is your why? What is my why? Yeah. Does it say who wrote it? Who wrote it? You're not Mysterious supposed to. Mysterious person. Anonymous. Anonymous. Wow. I see. I can tell by why the, by to who. everything I do. So that person asks why to everything. So what's your why? Yeah. Mm, I don't understand the question. <laughs> why do you do what you, <laughs> do? you do? Oh, why do I do what I do? I mean, I think I answered it earlier. It's just, you know, this is what I've been growing up to do. It's all I've kind of ever known and the best way that, you know, like I could make my mark and stuff like that. So it's, if there's something I could be a part of, that's, you know, just something that I've never really asked about. But, you know, it's something that's always been a part of me and it's can't imagine doing anything else, really. Ryan? I feel the same way, and yeah, I feel like I'd, it feels almost like I have to. I've been doing it for so long that I'm like, it's just a necessity to play music and to be able to either pick up a guitar or sing or do any of that. It's like, it's therapeutic, and it's just part of my life. Mm. All right. All right, you next. get to pick a next one. Oh, let him pick it. Yeah, you should. Joey already picked one. Right? Come on, share the wealth. No. I'll hold it. Says, uh, what are you doing after? <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. That's not what it says. <laughs> This is uh, finding ways to amplify and support uh, Latin songwriters. Um, then this is like I don't know if I understand the question. <laughs> bring it, bring it over. So basically, are you guys finding a way to support other Latin musicians? Oh yeah, I think you know one of the cool things about being able to make our own tours is being able to kind of pick who we get to tour with. And a lot of the times, we're always kind of, especially when we travel to different areas, like who's kind of who's who's working and who's doing stuff and who's active, and most importantly, who wants to take a chance with us because it's you know it's it's tough you know doing these things yourself. You know, when we meet people like that. In Chicago, like there's, you know, there's an artist from Long Beach who moved to Chicago. We relocated in Saruta de Anda. And, you know, we went out to Chicago. We worked it out. So, you know, we borrowed their equipment. And, you know, they come and support the show and, and they, um, you know, they open up the show. And it just created like a nice run of the show and everything's so smooth because we all shared equipment and it just made sense, you know, uh, financially and stuff. And it, everybody kind of kind of benefit from that. So those are the ways that we get to kind of support, you know, not only our friends, but, you know, new bands that we get exposed to for sure. Right. Yeah. Okay, pick another card, but I'll Same. read it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> When were you told the first time you had a chance to to make it in music in the music industry? Too young, for sure. Um, 14, that's going back to 14? You know, I think, you know, it just wasn't the, maybe the right words of like, you know, making it. But, you know, um, one of the musicians I grew up with um, was a keyboard player. His name's Anthony Medina. plays with another group out in Los Angeles called The Illusions. And, um, you know, we grew up with his dad coming home from gigs at 10 o'clock, you know, because he's been a musician since the 70s. And, you know, he was to have us unload the PA and the speakers and, you know, do all the hard work stuff. And he's like, oh, you guys want to practice? You guys want to, okay. Yeah. So he kind of like disciplined us in the whole, making us appreciate the whole package of being in a band and a live band especially it's a lot of work you know it's a lot of work yeah so i think he was trying to discourage us to kind of go out and play baseball or something but also he's probably too hungover to load it himself or something but, but you know i remember him kind of putting it in our head really early on that you know if you take it seriously you know you put respect into it you know it'll give back to you i think that's i think we learned that i learned that you know maybe about 13 14 around yeah. then yeah we've heard that a lot from that that's a very kind of common uh, sentiment that a lot of bands that we've talked with like Ozo Motley, La Santa Cecilia, Los Lobos mm-hmm. that I just got a chance to talk and they all said the same thing. It's like you got to put in that hard work right at the beginning understanding you know how difficult it is you know because yeah you got to set it all up you got to play then you got to break it all down mm-hmm. put it all away do it all over again the next day so yep. there's nothing easy about it yeah. but when did you realize that that 
man, this isn't easy. It's like, we, but we still want to do it. He's still realizing it. Yeah. I mean, you know, just driving across through Texas for the first time and that big, that long 25 hour, 26 hour drive, whatever it is, you know, man, you really want to do this? And, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I think that was, you know, if he could, if he could tough it out that and those long flights, you know, we had a chance to fly over to Germany one time and, and to France, those are long flights. And, you know, if, if you could kind of get through those and, and mentally get through it, not only by yourself, but with everybody around you, you know, the people that your team that you're, you're bringing, it's like, it's one of those goals that you say, okay, maybe I could, I think I could do this for the rest of my life for sure. Yeah. Okay. One more. All right. This is again about always giving it your best, but how are you planning to leave a legacy? I think going back to you know the same of the questions you just leaving those opportunities for people you know the same way people left them for us you know leaving that behind having a having a nice message a good message to leave behind for younger musicians coming up and doing it starting their own businesses and their own bands and taking those tours you know that's one of the reasons why I do what I do you know even when we're not on the road is like I, I run my studio and have a place for you know for anybody to kind of come in and, and do make noise and kind of create be open to it so. I think, you know, in the long run, the, thing, the best thing I could wish for is just a couple of good records with my name on the back and a nice little building to have, you know, people come in and, and create freely. So, Jose, over there. So, Jose from Makers Mark really wanted you guys. He's like, I really want to do this live event with Decent Sears. So, I'm going to put the spotlight on you, mister. Do you have any questions for them? Or why did you want them so badly in the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um... Why, why soldies? Why, like, what is driving you to make the music you're making instead of like making something more, a little more... Reggaeton. I mean, for me, it was just what I was exposed to, really. You know, even like, you know, going back to the Rocksteady stuff, you know, I thought Alton Ellis wrote La 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 Means I Love You before I even heard of the Dophonics, you know? So a good song is a good song, no matter what type of genre you hear it. And hearing new versions of it is just even more exciting. And it's something that was kind of always a part of me, I guess. And, and especially with the type of lyrics that I've always written, you know, and the kind of stories I've always written, it's kind of always been in that kind of classic old school, you know, I don't know, what, what do you call it? But just that really like sad stuff <laughs> so um yeah you know it's a you just want to make the people cry i just man. like seeing a cholo cry sometimes <laughs> <laughs> sometimes but what about you, Brian? i mean yeah i feel like it's the same thing um it's just been one of those things where it's it's uh i grew up with it you know grew up listening to it and it just felt it just felt like the right time to do it. It's like for a while, it's like a lot of stuff that was, I wasn't connecting to a lot of the stuff that was on the radio. I wasn't connecting to a lot of the stuff uh, that was coming out recently. And uh, I just felt like I, I really connected to that music. And you know, what we were doing is like, there, there was a couple of bands that were coming up and doing it as well. But I feel like there was a need for it almost. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, absolutely. We love what you guys do and we can't wait to hear the new record. Now, is it going to be a collaborative thing? Uh, are we going to get yeah, some of the Altons on the record from One day we, we got to do like a little double sider like that. It'd be awesome. A showdown. Um, what can yeah. we expect on the new record then? <laughs> Most of the, you know, most of the stuff we've been kind of touring with and a lot of the stuff that we've kind of played early on and kind of had recorded, you know, it's just kind of, especially with the records, kind of our, our chance to kind of be able to be a little more creative offstage, you know, because we have so much fun on stage that we play, you know, we play the music that, you know, we when you sit us down in the studio, it's like, you know, we have to find other ways to be excited, you know, so we start getting a little creative with it. So we get to have fun with a lot of the records and um, a lot Is of the Is there a title to the album? Uh, the title is Sincerely Yours. Yeah. Sincerely Yours. Yeah. Spelled a little off, probably. Spelled a little bit off, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, check out those shows because these guys are phenomenal on stage. Once again, be sincere. Make some noise for them, everybody. Thank you. Muchas gracias for listening to this episode of Makers Mark presenta Pili Raúl La Musica live from the Gibson showroom. We so appreciate your ears. We appreciate you sharing more about Pili Raúl La Musica and we hope you enjoyed these sincere's. If you didn't know who they were, hopefully after this episode, you became a fan. Yeah, and the shows that are coming up over in Los Angeles, they're on tour with the Altons, but yeah, the show's coming up at the glass house in pomona so those are going to be some fun shows and yeah big shout out to everybody at gibson at the showroom obviously at makers mark jose vargas we love you sir and on the team you can't forget about juanito who is kind of the the man on the scene right there just he's got like he's eight third. arms he's, he's like duplicated yeah. himself oh a gazillion God. times juanito is the best he's like our right and left arm and right and left leg <laughs> So shout out to Stu Juanito over at Criteria and Ray, Ray over at Gibson Showroom. And again, all of you for listening and sharing more of Pili Raúl La Musica. We love you guys. Remember to follow us on all social media, including Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And big up to Julian for our video assets, our pictures. They're so fun. I got so many compliments on the image for the Sinceres. And of course, Alex making us sound fantastic. Muchísimas gracias, señor. And like Billy said, follow us and you'll be invited to an upcoming edition of Makers Mark Presenta Billy Raul La Musica at the Gibson Showroom. They are so much fun. They're so fun. It's such a unique experience. And by the way, you can watch this interview on our YouTube channel. So if you're more of a visual person, go ahead, go to our YouTube channel and check out this episode with The Sinceres. Bueno, Raul, I'll see you next week. You got it. Hasta luego. Ciao.